0: Welcome to the Accord Research Alliance podcast, where we talk with innovators who are committed to measuring what matters in Christ-centered relief and development. I'm Rodney Green, and I'm the Program Advisor for Agriculture and Economic Development at World Relief. Welcome to the program today. I'm here with Dr. Nancy Skamaka-Lewis. She is the lead statistician for the Reveal survey, and also works as a research methodologist in education at the University of Texas. Uh, thank you, uh, Nancy, for joining us. My pleasure. We are. I'm really interested in talking about the Reveal survey today. But before we jump into that, um, maybe tell us a little about yourself.
1: Uh, Sure. Yeah. As you mentioned, I'm a research methodologist. I did my uh, PhD at the University of Texas in quantitative methods in education, and at the same time helped to plant a church there and eventually was ordained actually as a deacon in the Anglican Church in North America. So I came to Reveal in 2008 as both uh, someone with experience working in pastoral ministry and with research and data and statistics. So it was really a a great fit for me to join the team.
0: Right. So tell us what is the Reveal Survey and, and what is it about?
1: The Reveal Survey has been around coming up on about 15 years now. It started out at Willow Creek Community Church in the Chicago area. And really the purpose was to find a way to measure spiritual growth beyond just counting attendance or participation or baptisms, uh, all those things obviously are important, but really trying to measure is their heart change going on with people as a result of their engagement with the church. So over the past 15 years or so, we've surveyed over 200,000 individuals that attend churches in about 1,500 churches, and we have a really unique data set as a result of that that's real de- yielded many insights in research about how the church functions and how people grow. So that's predominantly what we measure in the survey. One aspect of what we measure is what congregants do on their own, their level of agreement with core Christian beliefs, how much they engage in daily spiritual practices like prayer and engagement with scripture. And then the extent to which they're putting their faith in action through things like serving those in need and evangelism. And then we also measure their perception of how the church is helping them grow using our five best practice principles, which are things like embed the Bible and create ownership and uh, Christ-centered leadership. And from that, we're able to really give pastors and church leaders a look at how their church is doing, both how people's hearts are growing as well as how they perceive the church helping them grow and where they might need some more help from the church.
0: Right. And, and so, I mean, this is, a lot of churches have been participating in this survey. You know, what's one thing you have found particularly meaningful or insightful about this or, or maybe what majority of churches are also finding helpful about this?
1: Um, Most recently we've developed eight archetypes of churches and we've basically took all of this data that we have on all these people and all these churches and realized that we were seeing some patterns in the data. So some churches, it seemed like the the church was was kind of full of people who were a little bit complacent about their faith. So they'd been a part of the church a long time, but they weren't really growing in their faith. And they didn't seem to be troubled by that. They, they thought their church was just fine. Um, and that's one of the archetypes. Another is extroverted churches and extroverted churches tend to do a lot of, of outward facing activities a lot of service to the community but the people that are attending the church aren't really growing in their faith they're still still very young and then we also have churches that are what we call energized which means that they these are people who just love their church they think the church is doing terrific and they're doing okay in their own spiritual life but they're really looking to the church to guide them in a way that at this point in their spiritual maturity, they should be able to kind of do a little bit more on their own. And those archetypes have been really helpful in helping conceptualize and kind of roll up a lot of data points into a concrete plan that churches can engage with if they choose to move forward in a more vibrant direction from whatever archetype they're in.
0: So um, the archetype kind of structure is very interesting. And how do you define spiritual growth and all of that?
1: Well, from the beginning, reveal, conceptualized spiritual growth as kind of being on a continuum. And there's four segments in that continuum. And Everyone that takes the survey falls into one of those four kind of buckets, we call them. The first is exploring Christ, and that's people who are still deciding if they want to have a relationship with Christ. Then we have people who are growing in Christ, who've made that decision but are still early in their faith close to Christ, and then Christ-centered is the most mature segment. And and that's people who've really been willing to lay down their agenda for their lives and follow Christ wherever He would lead them. So we see a lot of things change according to where people are in each of those segments from how much they engage with Scripture, how much they pray, how much they evangelize, how much they serve, how generous they are in giving of their time and their money, um, how much they are engaging with, um, serving those in need and things like that. So we conceptualize spiritual growth kind of along that that continuum.
0: So is it kind of like spiritual practices are kind of what what sort of defines where someone is on that on the continuum? Are there other elements to that, like well-being, or um, attitudes, or anything like that?
1: It's it's actually a lot more simple than that. It's really their self described relationship with Christ. So, we kind of ask people how they um, perceive their relationship with Christ, and we give them a set of different statements that can describe where they are in their relationship with Christ. And we find that that item really uh, encapsulates a lot of other behaviors that we would see go along with spiritual maturity. So, you know, in exploring Christ and growing in Christ, we see people with much weaker belief systems, much less frequent engagement in spiritual practices, much less faith in action as far as evangelism and serving, and then that increases with each stage along the continuum, pretty much in lockstep. So it's it's actually just as simple as that.
0: Right. Okay. And these these sort of belief statements that you have, um, what I mean, do you do you have question sets that kind of that you use for that?
1: It's actually just one single question what is it? uh it says how would you describe your relationship with Christ, and then there's uh, eight options that people eight can options. pick from
0: right yeah okay, all right and so you know for this podcast you know we're we're coming from the Accord Research Alliance, and you know we're a network of christ centered relief and development organizations, so we are engaging with you know. Issues of poverty, conflict, um, you know both domestically and internationally, and so when we 're looking at research you know we 're also kind of looking at some of the same things that the reveal survey is you know what what does spiritual growth look like in communities that we 're engaging with, and many of us um, are engaging with the church in different ways um, what What sort of principles or advice would you have having been so involved in and in kind of with this survey and with so many churches you know what what transfers over into this other kind of sphere
1: i think there are a few things one is when you're trying to come up with spiritual metrics to measure the expected outcomes of what you're doing i think you have to kind of set aside what you think you already know and that's part of how reveal came to be um, they weren't really looking for the spiritual continuum. They were looking to find out which programs of the church were producing the biggest impact. And they ended up really not finding a lot of differences across the church's programs. So they started to dig a little bit deeper. So I think, uh, and I think that's true in, in measurement in general. Sometimes you need to set aside your preconceptions and your assumptions and really get back down to uh, what you might think is important um on a, on a broader level rather than kind of a more more specific level. Uh, I think also one thing we've found and we have done reveal I think in seven or eight countries, we do find that response scales tend to be culturally different. So Americans are very um, eager to agree and be satisfied with things compared to people in uh, Western Europe or we've even actually surveyed some churches in South Africa and we, we find out that people just use those scales a little bit differently. So I think when people are trying to uh, maybe adopt American or North American um, measurement tools, it's important to uh, understand that the people in your context may, may not use a response scale in quite the same way that you would think they would or that you would. So I think holding on to that cultural aspect is, is important in, in good measurement. Uh, I also think it's important to do a lot of of kind of trial and error, start with interviews. We did a lot of interviews in the process of coming up with the current version of the reveal survey. So qualitative data is very important in addition to the quantitative part. So with all of those caveats, I would say there are some questions in the reveal survey that I think would work in any context. We find the ones that work best cross-culturally are ones that have to do with frequencies of behavior or descriptions of behavior rather than the items that we use that have response scales to them. So for instance, if I were to ask you how often you read the Bible um, daily, a couple times a week, a couple times a month, a couple times a year, or not at all, those kind of mean the same things across cultures. And that would be a behavioral statement that would would probably work well. Uh, and scripture engagement we find is very important. So Uh, measuring scripture engagement, I think, would be important. So I think the more you can get into items that measure um, behavior in in more concrete and specific ways, the better you'd be able to see the kind of impact that you might be having.
0: Right. I mean, one one kind of religious index scale that I have experience with is um, the Duke University Religious Index, I think is what it's called, the DRL, Mm -hmm. and that also takes a behavioral approach for the first two questions the first question being um you know engagement with church you know attendance or frequency of attendance and then the second question being private uh, spiritual practice the second three questions are kind of more perceived um, questions about you know do i have i experienced the divine is one of the questions and then there's two more so the first two are very clearly behavioral and the third this the other three are kind of more um perception based and you know i found that skill and the, the most recent survey that i helped to deploy i found that helpful um but yeah, i was wondering does the behavioral does those kind of two behavioral questions in kind of a simple way kind of capture a lot in the sense of of heart change.
1: Yeah, I think you can capture a lot with just a few items. We used to have a ton of items on the survey, and we've cut it back to about a third of the items because we found that a lot of things we were asking about didn't really make much of a difference in spiritual growth. So I think there's some trial and error there also, and field testing is very important.
0: And so let's just talk about the field testing piece for just a little bit. So you know, let's say theoretically we have a survey, we've maybe done it once, um, we're trying to include some spiritual metrics, uh, you know, type of question sets. Um, and so we're, let's say in three months' time, we'd like to try it again somewhere. You know, what, what would you recommend as a process of, you know, trying to see if those, those kind of question scales and, and things are, are actually going to connect with that particular culture?
1: Well, I think one thing you can do, and this is just good measurement practice in general, no matter what you're you're measuring, is uh to start out with having a person complete the survey uh and think aloud while they're completing it and you know you can sit with the person, you can use an audio recorder if the person might be more comfortable if you weren't in the room, and ask them as to read the item and to read the response options and to verbalize what they're thinking about while they're answering that item. And that can give you a lot of insight into whether the person is, is interpreting the item the way that you intended it to be interpreted, as well as kind of how they're understanding the response options. And, you know, do that with, you know, a dozen or so people. And you can get a lot of insight into how well your items are working just by what you hear from people as they're completing the survey.
0: Yeah, I like that. And so would you think of just doing that once or twice or would you have like You know, a, I would yeah.
1: yeah, I would do it, you know, with at least 10 or 12 people. I, you know, there's a, a principle in qualitative research about kind of um reaching a point where you're not getting any new information. So, um depending on who you're interviewing and and what the kind of cultural context is, once you're kind of get a sense that, okay, I understand everyone seems to be un- understanding this item in the same way, or I've heard every, even if it wasn't the interpretation I was going for, um, I've heard the same thing from enough people now that I, I know I feel like I have an understanding of how people are, are under or are interpreting an item. So um, it it can depend just, just on how much information you're able to gain, how, how good people are at kind of thinking aloud and giving you that information.
0: Right. and, how much of the Reveal survey, like some of these questions that you've tested and used and found helpful, you know, how much of it is kind of open source in the sense where people can continue to use and test out some of these question sets, or is it is it really just kind of a package that that Reveal that Reveal uses in a particular way?
1: Uh, I mean, Reveal is intellectual property, so the the items themselves are copyrighted. Uh, but if if you even looked at our sample report on our website, you could probably figure out what the items were pretty easily. So um, we don't uh, we they're not open source at this point, and there are some um, you know copyright and, and intellectual property reasons for that. But I think if you were to look at any of our books or even the materials that are on our website, um, if you wanted to base your items on our items, we w- certainly wouldn't hunt you down.
0: <laughs> okay. You don't have a team of people <laughs> hunting uh, hunting people down like that, okay? No.
1: No, we we're a pretty small tight team, so um intellectual property lawyers are are not uh, not part of that team right now. <laughs> right. Okay. And so
0: for those of us who are interested in learning more and digging a bit deeper, you know, what resources would you recommend um, for our listeners?
1: Well, you can go to our website which is revealforchurch.com, f o r church.com. And uh, there's a resources tab there, and there's quite a few papers that you can just download for free that I've authored over the years. Um, you also can listen to our podcast. We've recorded uh, more than 20 episodes at this point, and they're pretty brief, and those are available at RevealForChurch.com slash podcast. And then we've also published uh, two books that are available for purchase. One is called Move, the other is called Rise. Rise is about the archetypes, move, sums up. A lot of our research prior to the archetypes, and you can find both of those on Amazon wherever you buy books.
0: Great, thank you so much, uh, Nancy, sure. for joining us. This has been helpful, and I think it's really just uh, the tip of the iceberg as to you know what uh, practitioners in relief and development, interested in spiritual metrics, could pull from your work and from the reveal survey. So, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everybody, and have a great rest of your day. God bless.